Welcome to Act Pod, a podcast show that sheds light on the stories and impact of the social sector. The show is proudly powered by Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation. Let's begin the change. Hello everyone, good morning again from Lagos, Nigeria. My name is Ndifreke Okwebunam and I'm hosting the Act Pod, our story, our continent. I have with me here a distinguished personality um, who is going to be sharing with us on dispelling the myths around the nonprofit sector. And his name is Olusheyi Oyebisi. He's the executive director of the Nigerian Network of NGOs, and we call it Triple NGO. Um, Oyebisi is a trusted source and proven advocate for enabling environment and civil society strengthening globally. He has over 18 years experience of civil so in civil society and he has previously served as global coordinator of UNICEF. He has a lot, a lot of experience in this sector and he has um, over 500 to 1,000 nonprofits under your portfolio or maybe even more. He will tell us a bit about it so I don't model up the numbers. Um, thank you so much, um, Sheyi, for coming to spend time with us. We are looking forward to hearing about your work that you've done over the past few years um, with the NNNGO, and also to learn more about the nonprofits and then dispel some of these myths that trail us in this sector that we're in. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So going right into it, let's talk about NNGO, right? Tell us a bit about NNGO and your journey into, into this sector. Well, the Nigerian Network of NGOs is the first generic membership-based organization for nonprofits in Nigeria founded by nonprofits, government, the donor community some 30 years ago. Fortunately, we're 30 years this year. And we had that mandate at that time, and up until now, to coordinate nonprofits across the country. Of course, there are a lot of politics that happened, and we've also went through the life cycle of the nonprofit, from the startup to the growth, uh, to the stagnation, now to rejuvenating ourselves and, and moving on. Uh, but for now, three areas of work that we do is to support the enabling environment for the activities of nonprofits, meaning that we sit down with regulators to look at the laws that guide the operations of nonprofits, and we work together on what is enabling that would ensure that all of us, whether small, big, medium, we're able to do our work and do it effectively. The second strand of our work has to do with capacity building for our members to be able to fulfill their vision and mission. And then the third strand has to do with campaigns on the Sustainable Development Goals, where we're looking at goal one, social protection as a focal goal. Uh, goal 16, which looks at civic space, and then goal 17, where we're working with the private sector, government and civil society, uh, to be able to attain the goals. And that sees us working on the OGP, the Open Government Partnership. Uh, so that's the Nigerian Network of NGOs, with the membership of 3,400 and something, mm. as at the last time I checked, mm. over the 36 states of the Federation, including Abuja. Amazing. And in terms of reach, we've traveled to about 12 or 13 states training our members, and we've trained about a, over 1,000 on issues around nonprofit management, financial management, money laundering, and terrorism financing issues mm. as they affect the sector. Mm then also escalating that to issues around governance. So that's basically what we do at the Nigerian Network of NGOs. But in terms of my journey, I actually started as a student union activist, then moved into Nigerian Network of NGOs volunteering, 
uh, learned all of the skills I could learn, then moved to the United Nations in New York as the global coordinator for the UNICEF Rural Voices of Youth, which I founded, all right, and UNICEF just picked it up, yes. Uh, then, after some five years, I came back to the country and said to myself, what else can I do? I, like, I love the sector so much. Uh, so there was an opening, I filed for it, I applied for it, and here I am as executive director. So got into this uh, 2012 as the executive director. But all of the skills I learned uh, was true volunteering with the Nigerian Network of NGOs, and it, it's been a good journey so far. Amazing, amazing. So you are the right person to be talking to. You're working with 3,000 plus non-profits in Nigeria. That's, that's, I'm sorry, you have lots of stories to tell us. Absolutely. But we'll start small, and hopefully maybe we can have you again to share more on the work that is going on in the sector in Nigeria. So let's talk about the myths. Um, so you know how myths are, you know, <laughs> and this, the sector that we are in, there are several myths, because it's a sector that some people, people do not understand, Absolutely. you know. Um, so when, when, you, when you think about it, you say, what things about the non-profits that you, do people say that you say, hmm, if you knew, you know? <laughs> you know, sometimes when I, when, when I first started and I talked to people about the non-profits, they say, ah, you are the people that do free work now, you guys, you know? People have so many things that you like, if you know the work that we do, you know, mm. what are some of those things that you totally disagree with that mm. you say, no, this is not how it is, or this mm. is exactly what it is? Mm. I think one for me would be those around when you say, my name is Yubis and I work with uh, the Nigerian Network of NGOs. They say, yeah, you guys are the ones chopping the dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and you look at that narrative and say to yourself, oh, I'd wish. Hey. All right. Uh, but then it's a myth. It's mm. sometimes a stereotype, right? To say that, you know, when you're in the non-profit sector, the dollars just comes to mm. you. Uh, but, you know, not everybody understands that you're more or less a mini private sector, mm. right? Mm. Where you have to have a value proposition. Someone must believe in what you do and trust you enough to give you that dollars mm. and that you must come back to that person and say, this is how I have spent the dollars, the cobbles, the cents, mm -hmm. and someone is externally even auditing that process, yes. right? So people just assume that, you know, once you start a non-profit, you can just gather one or two or three, ten people, uh, then you write a proposal, you send it to a donor, the donor gives you dollars, they don't even... That's one, one myth I, I find very interesting. And we're trying as much as possible to now counter that narrative, to let people actually see that. Before you can even make your, get your first grant, sometimes it can take a journey of five years yeah. to ten years. Yeah. And that's why we started this conversation around the life cycle mm. of a non-profit. Every non-profit, as well as a business, would start with an individual. Mm. Right? So I try as much as possible to dispel again another myth around non-governmental -gov non individuals. Of course, we do have them, mm. but then you start as an individual at first. Yeah. Right? So after 10 years, if we don't see progress, we might now say, okay, this organization is an NGI. Mm. However, one to three years, five years, 10 years, you still can't call someone an NGI. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying we don't have NGIs, yeah. but then we have to look at the life cycle of a non-profit. Before you can break even as a business or a non-profit, it's, it's always that like 10 year, um, um, journey, right? Which most times we are not patient enough, you know, for from you know setting your governance, being attractive for funding, and also at the end of the day having a system 
that can deliver the talents, you know, the people, and also, you know, you also, also being able to provide the right leadership that can attract the resources to your organization. So it's, it's not easy as people would think it looks. And, you know, some of us have also not made it uh, easy for people to assume, you know, when they see you, the way you're dressed, they're like, yeah, this guy's chopping the money, but not knowing that it's part of the branding. Uh -huh. And it's part of the concept of the way you are dressed is the way you are dressed. Yeah. And you want to, you know, project, project that as yeah. much as, yeah. as much as you can. So no dollar anywhere. <laughs> we are looking for it. We're looking together. for it. We're all looking for it together. And yes. when you see it, please tell Show me. Show us the way. <laughs> Cut off some soap. Interesting. <laughs> and very real and very true. Yeah. Um, because if you're not in the sector, you do not realize um, what is going on. Particularly when you hear of all the funding coming into the country from the international community, totally, totally. you can then begin to think, so what's going on? Mm -hmm. um, so another thing that has been, that we hear a lot of is that nonprofits are, is a volunteer job. Mm -hmm. If you are a non-profit, just know that you are doing it with your heart. No, nothing else. Mm. You know, you can't expect anything else from it, mm. right? And But we know that volunteering is the backbone of non-profit organizations. Absolutely. It's important, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. But does it mean that um, non-profits are only run by volunteers? So if you're, say you are a staff of non-profits, it means you should be, as you said, you should be looking raga than, you know. Is that true? What, what happens there? Again, we have to balance the narrative around that, uh, which is to say that uh, volunteering itself is part of participation in mm -hmm. a democracy. Mm -hmm. all right? And the way you can participate is through a non-profit organization because you know, government has its structure. It's the yeah. best you can do in government facilities to intern. Mm -hmm. all right? uh, but you know, for you to be able to participate in a, in a democracy, non-profits provide you that space for yeah. you to come in. Want to also give back to society. So there's a corporate volunteering, there's individual volunteering. There's the paid and there's the unpaid. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we've not been able to speak to volunteering from that lens of this is how I give back. Mm -hmm. I've got time to give back. I've got the skills to give back. And when you look at the definition of volunteering as defined by the United Nations, you're not meant to be paid. All right? Because the moment you're being paid for volunteering elsewhere, it's moved away from volunteering. Mm. All right? It's moved to something else, maybe consultancy or being an employer. So you must have something that you can give and that we can quantify in terms of your time. So it's giving off of yourself right, for a good cause that you believe in. Right? So that is the engine room for the nonprofit sector because, again, there are some services that as a nonprofit you can't afford. Mm. All right. Mm. And some might just say, yeah, because you do good and I've got this skill, mm. I can give it to you. Yeah. I just give you 2% of my time. 2% mm. of my staff time as the executive director of Nigeria Network of Angels is a lot. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. But once I give that to you, I can quantify that 2% divided by my salary mm. over a couple of months yeah. and over if I'm doing it for one year, shows how much I'm giving to you. Mm -hmm. All right. So we can quantify that and begin to look at the economic impact of you know volunteering. Then that helps us to now situate it very well that yes, you can volunteer in our sector, but we need skills in our sector mm -hmm. that you're on our board. Mm -hmm. All right. Means that you're volunteering because we're not meant to pay you. All right. So you're giving off your time for you to ensure that this organization can grow and can do well. And we need to recognize that. Mm. So we're not just an organization that just packs volunteers. We mm. don't pack volunteers for packing <laughs> sake. We pack volunteers because you've got that skill value. that I need. Yeah. And you are helping us you know, to add that value. And I volunteer on a couple of 
courses I'm, I mean I'm on the board of several international organizations as volunteering because mm -hmm. it takes my time mm -hmm. the best they do for me is they buy my ticket when I'm coming for meetings but I'm not I'm not remunerated yeah. and I'm bringing all of my skills my insight into the governance of that organization and it's shaping their work mm. that is what volunteering is. is of course you can now move and say we want to have paid volunteers all right why do you want to have that is you might look at a young person that is coming to your office and you might want to support out of pocket Mm. All right, that oh, he stayed somewhere. Let's support, you know, pay for their internet, pay for their travels, pay for X, Y, Z. Then let's provide some level of support for them. That's also allowed, all right. But Hab initially would have told you that this is unpaid volunteer, yeah. and these are the things that, in some organizations, you actually go through that rigorous process, like you're. It's a normal yeah, employment yes, because job. yes, because these organizations are a brand. Mm -hmm. There are also obligations to you as a volunteer. Mm. And all thanks to God, now we have a volunteer, national volunteer policy in Nigeria that guides how you treat volunteers, how you see them, and also how you bring them into, into your organization. So basically, we're a sector that thrives on volunteering. That's the foundation mm -hmm. of what we do as a sector from our board, which is volunteer-based. When you look at Nigeria, because of the economy and the way non-profit is also run, we have more volunteer executive directors. Mm. And why have I started using that word volunteer executive directors? Because many of them are not paid. Yeah. So they even use their own resources, mm. all right, to be able to do this. And I always tell them that you are the Bill Gates, you are the dangotes mm. of our sector, you are philanthropists. And sometimes, you know? sorry to cut you, so sometimes yeah. you are paid but the remuneration is not, you can't quantify the absolutely, work Absolutely, absolutely. But know? nobody can be paid for their true worth. Though. Yes, yes, well, yeah. right, right. <laughs> so just to quickly, just thinking through that, and I'm mm. saying to myself, what we find a lot of is that um, most times in non-profit, you find a lot of young people wanting to volunteer. Yes. The older people are not, mm, we don't need to volunteer, you know. But those skills are so critical. Absolutely. At the foundation, we have a program called the Professional Volunteer Program, hmm. where we're working with private sector um, individuals or private sector organizations so that mm -hmm. we can engage their staff. Mm -hmm. You know, private sector will send their, their staff to maybe to Harvard, send them to big institutions to That's learn right. skills that right. would benefit the organization. So mm -hmm. how can we not tap from that? Absolutely. So we tap from that to be mm -hmm. able to support our grantees mm -hmm. with direct knowledge and guidance on mm -hmm. things that they require to grow, to you know, and to stay sustainable. Mm -hmm. Let me jump right into the next question um and i'm thinking about this from um who we are as not what when you think non-profit you're mm. thinking passion Absolutely. for anybody to start a non-profit you have to be passionate about something that's right right but a lot of times we find passionate people start non-profits that fail mm. 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 so did it mean that so what went wrong it can't just be passion then. There yeah, are other absolutely, things. Absolutely. What are the other things that you need to succeed as a non-profit? I mean, in my teaching most recently, I've always said to whoever is interested to listen, that we must move from passion to business. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, passion, again, is the foundation. All right? But then the fashion, uh, passion itself should then move you now to say, how do I do things strategically in ways that sustain this passion and in ways that ensures that this passion is... Uh, moving from A to B and achieving what it needs uh, to achieve. One of those is we've not been able again to see non-profit has not necessarily a business to make profit, but an institution that requires its own structures and that requires those structures to be able to deliver on what X, Y, Z that I've said I'll do. Meaning that in starting a non-profit, governance is important. 
all right? Human resources becomes important. Technology becomes important. Then leadership, your emotional intelligence, how you're able to mobilize people, bring people to the table, they're important. Mm -hmm. And when you compare this to a small business or an, an entrepreneur, those are the things you hear, that you, know, you must be rugged, you must be passionate, you must be able to think big ideas, conceptualize it, bring it to bear as a product, then sell it. All right, we have a product as well, mm -hmm. but we've never thought about our work as a product. Yeah. Uh, we're providing, providing water to communities, providing uh, non-profit health services to communities. You know, we're helping to raise the profile of issues around gender-based violence. We're providing shelters to women that have been abused. Some are pro providing prosthetics. Mm. These are products, yeah. but it's a social good. Mm -hmm. All right, how are we communicating that impact? And how are we ensuring that we're telling everybody ABC that needs to hear about what needs to change in terms of policy. And how are we monitoring and evaluating? Mm. All right. So when you look at that big field, there's a lot that happens in there all right, that we've not been able to see as uh, what you call an organization that drives that passion, all right? because it's organizing. Yeah. All right? Like one of my bosses would say, Stop antagonizing, start organizing. Amazing. And your organizing means that you're bringing people to the table, you're bringing infrastructures that can help achieve that. Of course, when the chips are down, passion helps because mm -hmm. you just want to do it. Some True. would say it's a calling. God has yeah. told me to do it. Yeah. I must do it. Hallelujah, do it. <laughs> However, all right, what matters is what he has placed in your hand. Mm -hmm. What structures do you have to deliver it? Mm -hmm. All right? Whether you're someone of faith or someone that is not of faith, you can't put anything in your hand and not put structures for you to deliver yeah. it. So I think that's the mentality we now need to get. Mm. Plus also understanding there are regulations mm. that guides the work of non-profits. Yeah. All right? uh, we've done an analysis and we've seen that there are about 53 laws that guides the operations of non-profits. For the formation, there are about three laws. For uh, the, our operations, that are, there are about 30-something laws. And for the closure, because at some point you might say, I'm not doing, doing again. this again. There are about two laws or yeah. there about. So when you look at all of these, these laws has to do with health insurance, has to do with human resources, they have to do with uh, expected quota, they have to do with a lot of things mm. in terms of our operations. Yeah. So you must also understand that, that there are laws. Important. And stick to the regulatory environment that mm. guides your work. Mm. You can decide to do your passion and not register with government, which is guaranteed under your freedom of association and assembly, and the Nigerian constitution guarantees that. Mm -hmm. But the moment you move out of that and you say you want to enjoy government services, mm. using the bank, getting tax incentives, then you must apply by the regulatory processes. Yeah. Of course, we are reviewing some of those regulatory uh, um, laws. However, the ones we have now abide by them. And when you, when you look at the implementation of those laws alone, <laughs> Let's see whether passion is it or yeah. you go for passion to be It's nice. so important. I that am. is so important. Because a lot of people, you know, you're going into a business, you study the business, you do your market research, you understand the business you're Absolutely. going into. Absolutely. You know, but passion just seems to sometimes just take over. It's not enough anymore, people. No, not It's enough. not enough. Not it's anymore. the best place to start. Absolutely. But you need to understand the environment. Yes. So NNNGO, if you're working in Nigeria... Is the organization to be speaking to if you want to understand the legal framework around starting a non-profit in Nigeria. I'm sure in other parts of the world, they have those institutions that can guide you. Absolutely. So please ensure that um, 
you find those decisions, do your research, right, before you, you, you start a non-profit. Mm -hmm. Let me jump quickly because of time. Mm -hmm. The two questions I, that I think is critical that we ask, but we have limited time. Yes. One of it is that when people hear NGO, mm -hmm. non-for-profit, mm -hmm. you should not be making money. Mm -hmm. You said something about that. So mm -hmm. we are not for profit. But yet, how do you survive if you're not making profits? What do you do? So how can we dispel that myth that mm -hmm. NGOs should not make money? Mm -hmm. So you said they should not make profit you said something so help us dispel that meat please okay so in dispelling that we would again come back to the concept of civil society non-profit and all of this lingo that comes together um, when we hear civil society civil society is that space outside of government and private sector mm -hmm. and family mm -hmm. right so technically we are all civil society because you belong to one association maybe your student association uh, your alumni association yeah. or maybe you belong to a faith-based faith organization yeah. and all of those bits some will belong to market women association mm -hmm. trade unions then we have the traditional non-profits which would be the hacked foundations and all of foundations are also part of civil yes. society plus also uh, the Egbe or more about something, the something, the XYZ organization. Now, when you look at all of that, right, there is a law that says because you're doing good, okay, you are not meant to make profit. Mm -hmm. All right? However, it doesn't mean you can't do business and plow that money back into what you're doing. What you need to only guide against is have we done business? Is this business outside of our purpose, which will be your vision and mission? Mm -hmm. If it is, you make sure you pay all taxes on that business to FIRS mm -hmm. and plow your um, resources back. So that's why social enterprises are also part of civil society. Mm. And that is an area where, as a non-profit, we all now need to start thinking about as to how we can stand as a business and also stand as a non-profit mm. and begin to use our ideas for the purposes of solving those social issues. Mm. Um, so it then means that if you're a social enterprise, you do your business as business, all right? Pay the right taxes on them. Then the ones that are not, you are not meant to pay taxes, you keep mm -hmm. the money, but you apply it back. So we don't share our profit. profit. That is where the non-profit comes in. Mm. We can't share our profit to our board and that's why as part of the law and best practices is that you don't pay your board, board members yeah. so that they're able to provide the right oversight and mm. we can manage conflict of interest. Mm -hmm. So that's where the non-profit comes from. From You are not sharing the profit. profit. The profit goes back into doing good. Mm. But we must, as a taxman and as your regulator in terms of operations and formation, see mm. that you are not abusing the non-profit status. Yes. Yeah. You said you're a non-profit. But you are trading and not paying the tax because you've gone out of your mission. Mm -hmm. All right, so we have to balance that. But yeah. you can actually, you know, have a business strategy that helps you to fund your yeah, activities, your, your social good or the mm -hmm. good you want to do. Mm -hmm. But you must ensure that where you need to pay tax, you pay, you pay the, the tax taxes. and you pay the right form of taxes. Mm -hmm. And we, when you are exempted, you are exempted and you use the money again for the good that you are set up to do. Thank you very much. I think that's a, a myth that we needed dispelled Absolutely. very nicely. Absolutely. Right? Because Absolutely. When, the, when, when your auditors or potential funders mm. ask you for your, um, your financial reports and they see that you've made a loss mm. three years in mm. a row, mm. they ask you what is going on. Mm. Because they know that you're heading towards closing up the organization that's it. That's because it. you can't be sustainable. Yes. So yes. you can't be making a loss. So mm. what do you need to do? Mm. If you have questions, 
send it to us. Um, we'll, we'll share our email address at the end of this so that you can send those questions and we can provide more insights on what you need to do differently to ensure that you stay sustainable. The very final questions we have to do in about a minute is nonprofits sometimes so focused on grants. Mm. It, it has to be grants or nothing else. Mm -hmm. So it's a do or die. You're applying for everything, even mm. the one that doesn't fit your, mm. your vision or your mm. mission, the mission mm. of your, the work that mm. you're doing. Mm. Are there other funding opportunities aside grants? Yes, of course there are, but we've also not focused too much attention on that. Uh, and I'll list a couple of them. One of such is uh, uh, the bucket charity, where you see uh, maybe an envelope system. If you have traveled on BA, for instance, BA will say, give your, us your coins and all of that, mm -hmm. we'll give it to a charity. That's one strategy. And you've also seen boxes in restaurants where they'll say something, something organization. That's one strategy for raising funds. Uh, the, other, the other will be charity shops, right? Mm -hmm. uh, can you get some goods that you no longer use and sell them at uh, very reduced rates, but we can plow back into uh, the organization. There's also the community fundraising and events. We do that a lot where you do a fundraising event or a party and you bring uh, all those that have got you know, some resources to come support. Again, we need to grow some of these uh, um, processes. Philanthropic giving is imagine in the country, mm. the big, those that have got the pockets are you know, starting foundations and we need to also look at that. How do we grow the philanthropic sector? There are a lot of Nigerians that want to give but do not know how best to mm, give. True. And we must look at the role of foundations in this. A foundation should be a foundation. A mm. foundation gives. Mm. All right? <laughs> that is what we know about a foundation. A mm. foundation doesn't compete with us. Yeah. You know, in the market space, in mm -hmm. implementing and getting grants. So mm -hmm. we need to redefine foundations, especially around philanthropic uh, giving. Lotteries are also another area mm. where we can get a lot of money. If your faith or your organization's vision mission allows, then we can study some of the lottery. There's lottery for charities globally where we can sit down and look at how do we get some support from lottery uh, to be able to fund development. And I think it's part of our national lottery laws also where some aspect of you know, taxes or fines or penalties around licenses can be used to fund uh, development. We need to look at that. There's online giving and crowdfunding. That is also emerging in the country. Mm. Again, we need to uh, look at that. But and volunteering is also another part. You mm. know, we just discussed about, about that. So we need to grow those different models. It's just that grant seems to be about the easiest, mm. but not yes, necessarily not easy. easy <laughs> I you know. know. But because all of these others, are, again, require agency, require yeah. organization, yeah. and requires also the seed grant mm. or the investment for you mm. to be able to do yeah. uh, some of these bits. But these are some level of conversations we're having at the Nigerian Network of NGOs. How do we grow these other areas? Of course, they will have regulatory implications but also they would also have practice implications and we now need to strengthen those. Yes. Thank you so much, Shay. This has been very insightful um, because there's so much we need to think about the sector on the continent and how we're doing business, what we need to do differently to Absolutely. stay sustainable and mm -hmm. grow. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Shay. Um, thank you everyone for listening to us today. Um, we have had with us here Olusheyi Oyebisi, the executive director of Nigerian Network of NGOs. He shared so much knowledge. And if you have questions that you would like us to answer or like us to reach out to him, please let us know. Um, send us an email and we'll ensure that we're able to answer those questions. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to ActPod. For inquiries and feedback, please reach us on actpod at actrustfoundation.org. Follow us on social media 
at actfoundation underscore on Instagram and Twitter and Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation on Facebook. The show is proudly powered by Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation. ActPod, our story, our continent.